Welcome to 633 Podcast. My name is Pastor Philip and I'm welcoming you to the sixth episode in this series, What is God Like? And we've already seen that in the first episode that God is a creator, he is relational, he wants to relate with us, he's communicative to his people, he's holy, he's loving, and also he's faithful, always faithful to us. This is the sixth episode today, and we're going to look at God is good. But that isn't the same as saying that he's holy or he's righteous. In fact, A.W. Tozer says this of his goodness. The goodness of God is that which disposes him to be kind, cordial, benevolent, and full of goodwill towards men. He is tender-hearted and of quick sympathy and his unfailing attitude towards all moral beings is open, frank, and friendly. By his nature, he is inclined to bestow blessedness, and he takes holy pleasure in the happiness of his people. Wow! God is good. He has takes holy pleasure in the happiness of his people. Somewhat more briefly and more simply, Pastor Bill Johnson says, God is always in a good mood. Well, in this series of What is God Like? we're concentrating most on how God displays himself to people in his interactions with them, how he interacts, how he relates to people. And it's from his goodness, out of his goodness, that all of God's interactions with men and women, with children, come. He loves because he's good. He saves because he's good. Christ came because God is good. And everything that God does is because he is good. Which must mean that for those of us who receive the benefits of his goodness... We do so without any merit in ourselves, without deserving anything. But still, God is good to us. You know, in King David's psalm, when they're celebrating the return of the, the covenant box or the Ark of the Covenant, its return to Jerusalem, he declares this in 1 Chronicles 16, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good his love endures forever. Give thanks because he's good and his love lasts forever. And it's a refrain that's repeated several times in the Psalms. For example, Psalm 106, 107, 118, 136. God is good. And God is good. And so his goodness is expressed through what he does. But it's important at this point that we realise God is not good because he does good things. No, he does good things because he is, by nature, good. So how is his goodness seen in his dealings with you and me, with people, men and women? Let's outline a few ways that we'll find in the Bible uh, in some of these verses that we'll look at today, let's look at 
how he expresses his goodness to us. In Numbers chapter 10, we're reading the story of Moses and the people of Israel. By this stage, his father-in-law, Jethro, or, or Hobab, as he's called here, turns up to see him. And Moses says this to his father-in-law, We're setting out for the place about which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us and we'll treat you well, for the Lord has promised good things to Israel. Here's Moses giving this invitation. Come with us. God's promised such good things. But why don't you come with us? Moses' successor Joshua, at the end of his life, at the end of Joshua's life, in Joshua 21, says these words to the people of Israel. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. Not one of all his promises. You see, his promises are good. His promises are good. King Solomon, many, many years after Joshua, after the people had been in the land for many, many years, he says this at the dedication of the temple. Praise be to the Lord, who's given rest to his people Israel, just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. God is good, and his goodness is seen in how he expresses to his people the promises that he has for us. He's good, and his promises are good. Equally, his goodness is seen in his desire to meet people, to relate to people, to interact with people. At that same dedication, of the temple that we read about in 2 Kings, uh, we now read in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, that when all the Israelites saw the fire come down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on their pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good, his love endures forever. At this dedication of the temple, God came to his people, not just to Solomon, but to his people, as they were there celebrating and rejoicing and taking part in this wonderful event. He comes and fire comes down and his glory is seen. And they kneel down, their face to the ground, and they say, he is good. It's seen because he comes to meet with people, just as he desires to meet with you and me, he does it because he is good. I said a little earlier that, of course, it's obvious that we don't deserve uh, to to experience his goodness. We don't deserve deserve anything that comes to us from God's goodness. In Psalm twenty-five, the psalmist says, "Don't remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways." According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his way. Goodness is seen in his mercy to those of us who really don't deserve any of it. He expresses his mercy to people because he is good and he forgives 
because he is good. We don't deserve forgiveness. We don't deserve to be forgiven. Even the best that we do when we're saying sorry and we're repenting is not good enough for God to forgive us. But he forgives because he's good. He forgives sinners. Psalm 86, Lord, you are forgiving and good, abounding in love for all who call to you. What a good God we have. As he relates to us in the ways in which he interacts with us, we see his goodness. And he cares for people because he's good. He knows that we're vulnerable. He knows that we're weak. He knows that we lack strength and wisdom, yet he cares for us. The psalmist again, Psalm 34 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And the prophet Nahum in chapter 1 says, The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. When we're feeling down, when we're struggling with things, when, when we realise just how inadequate we are, inadequate our praise is, how inadequate our good deeds are, how, how we fail God so much, he is good and he protects and he cares for us. We can go to him in those times and we can tell him how we feel. We can tell him when we're struggling. We don't just have to go to God when we're doing well. In our struggles and our weakness and our vulnerability and even in our sin, we can approach him and know his goodness to us. And we see again his goodness because then he teaches us how to live a good life. So the psalmist again in Psalm 143 says, Teach me to do your will for you are my God. May your Good spirit, lead me on level ground. Because he's so good. He wants to teach us. He wants to show us how to live that good life he de that he desires of us. He calls us to himself. He forgives us. He gives us his spirit. Why? That we might learn to live like him, like Jesus. He teaches us in his goodness how to live. A good life. We were thinking in our last episode about the faithful God that he is and we see in his faithfulness his goodness. He doesn't have to be faithful to us but he is faithful because he is good. Psalm 100, 100 verse 5 says for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. He's faithful. We see his goodness in that he never lets us down. His forgiveness, his mercy, his grace are all seen because of his goodness towards us. The prophet Micah in chapter 7 writes these words, Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance. You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread your, our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Who is like our God? 
who is so good to you and me in forgiving and showing mercy and granting us his presence and drawing close and being faithful and caring for us when we're struggling. Who is like our God? God is good. In the Old Testament verses that we've been looking at, the word that is used of God's goodness is a word tobe, which means good or virtuous, but sometimes includes the, the idea of joyful, gracious, and kind. When we come to the New Testament, there are two expressions used for the goodness of God. Most commonly, one is krestos, which means good, gracious, kind, like the, New, the Old Testament word. But then, of course, there is the use of the word good in the good news, the good news of Jesus. And that's the Greek word from which we get our English word evangelize or evangelism or evangelizing. And so reflecting God's goodness to the world is this good news of him sending Jesus Christ into the world, live to teach, die to rise again, to return to glory. And of course, it's in the coming of Jesus and the life of Jesus that we see the ultimate expression of God's goodness. And so we're going to look at that one primarily now as we look into the New Testament. In Mark chapter 1, the first verse, it starts like this, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Evangelizing is announcing good news. It's the beginning of the good news, the evangel, about Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 36, we read this from Peter. You know the message that God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news, the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. See, this Jesus who came was this wonderful expression of God's goodness. So it's good news that he has come. In Acts chapter 11, it says this, Some of the men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news. You see, good news is good because it's from God. The good news of Jesus is because he's come from God into our world and into our mess to bring us back to himself. And so when Peter writes to encourage Christians to live holy lives, he writes this, 1 Peter 2, he says, Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. King James Version uses the word gracious there equivalent of the words we've been looking at in the Old Testament. God is good. So because he's good and because of what he's done for you in the good news of Jesus, live a holy life. That is the call upon each and every one of us. And it's because God is good that he wants us to live that kind of good life. God is, of course, good to all. He gives everyone what we don't deserve. Nor could we work for, nor could we provide 
for ourselves. The whole of creation is given to every single person, whether they know and love God or whether they don't. Water, air, food, etc., etc., so much that God has given because he is good. And that's grace, that's goodness that is common to all human beings. But in so much of a deeper way, his goodness is seen for his people. He grants the forgiveness of sins. He gives eternal life in and with him. He provides us with acceptance into his family through the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives life that is abundant and blessed and infused with God's own life, his own love, his joy, his peace, his goodness. You see, this is saving grace, not just common grace, not just his common goodness to all mankind, but this is the goodness of God that saves people for eternity. So how will someone who wants to come to God find him to be? What will God be like for someone who is searching for him? Perhaps there's somebody watching this video, listening to this uh, this message now and, and looking for God. Well, how would you find God to be for you at that time? You'd find him to be good. You'd, want, you'd find him wanting to show his goodness to you, to show his love and his mercy and his faithfulness and his favour and his forgiveness and his life to each and every one of those people. Why? Because he is good. He is God. Again, A.W. Tozer says, The greatness of God arouses fear within us, but his goodness encourages us not to be afraid of him. To fear and not to be afraid. That is the paradox of faith. The scripture encourages us to fear God. Well, we would fear God because he is great. He is so much beyond who we are and what we could imagine and, and our strength and, and our abilities and so on. So much beyond us. But his goodness draws us close. His goodness says, come to me. Come to me. Let me show you my love and my mercy and my kindness and my goodness and my faithfulness for you. The psalmist, beautifully in Psalm 106 and Psalm 107, gives us these words. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. God is in a good mood because he's good. Not, not because the day is going well for him. We might be in a good mood because things have gone well for us. We might be in a good mood because someone's been nice to us. But God is in a good mood because he is good. It doesn't depend on circumstances. His goodness is not circumstantial. He is, in his nature, good. Good to you and to me. Desiring to be good to all. And in the fullest sense and the outworking of that goodness, he wants to express it to every single person. And this is why we must proclaim the good news of Jesus. Because it is the reflection of and the ultimate fulfilment of God's great goodness.
Give thanks to the Lord. Praise the Lord, for he is good. His love, his faithfulness, his mercy, his life endure forever. So let's draw to a close. Let's pray together. Let's thank him for his goodness. Let's ask him for greater faith to receive and to know and to experience his goodness expressed to us through Jesus. And, and perhaps for anyone today listening and watching that doesn't yet know Jesus personally, doesn't yet have that relationship with God as Father, may you know his goodness towards you. May you experience that goodness and may it draw you close to him that you might receive his forgiveness and his love and his grace for yourself. The Apostle Paul writes these words to the Ephesians. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What a great prayer. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you today for your goodness. We thank you that we have discovered from your scriptures that you are always good. You are our in your nature, good, and from your nature of goodness flows love and mercy and kindness and forgiveness and life and grace. And Lord, I pray for each and every one of us. We pray for ourselves, Lord, that we might know more and more of your goodness in our lives, that our faith might increase to recognize your goodness in every aspect of our lives. And for anyone, Lord, that doesn't yet have that personal relationship with you, Lord, in your goodness, draw them to yourself. In your goodness, show them your love. In your goodness, may they receive your forgiveness. And with that forgiveness, new life through the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thanks so much for being with us on this podcast. I hope it's encouraged you and helped you just thinking about today God's goodness to each and every one of us. There are more in this series. Have a look on uh, YouTube, on Facebook, or one of the podcast apps. Uh, it's, it, they're all available there for you and are there for your encouragement and for your help. So this is Philip from 633 saying goodbye. Please connect with us uh, on social media and I look forward to seeing you again next time. Until then, God bless you. Thank you.